Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. You know, Christy, I love shows like today because I think it really helps people to understand that what we're about to talk about, everybody goes through. Exactly. And I think a lot of people feel alone. Yes. And some of their, and that they are the only ones. They stand alone with it and, and they never really want to talk about it because, of course, they feel like that they're the only ones going through this. Right, or there's something wrong with it. There's something yes. wrong with them. Yeah. Because today we're going to talk about self-esteem. And we all have areas of low self-esteem. I mm-hmm. think that's one of those things that um, have great self-esteem in one area of your life and really low in another. I think that's really think important that's... for people to understand, too. Because we all have hard times, right, that we get stuck in that dysfunction of our low self-esteem, <laughs> you know, the dark hallway that we talk yeah. about. And we let low self-esteem rule our lives. So today we want to talk about it and let everybody know that we all struggle with this. It doesn't mm. matter. That person that you think is the most confident, you know, you're at work and this person's just got it going on. I would bet you that's their representative and they probably have lower self-esteem than you do. Because yep. a lot of people, we send our representative to counteract our low self-esteem. Absolutely. And it really impacts our relationships. It impacts our life. And we really need to, I think, get a hold of it, accept it, and figure out how we can best deal with it. And we're going to talk about some of those strategies today. Right. And I think it's really important that people do hear that again, that you can have different parts of your life where you have low self-esteem. Because a lot of times, most people think that it's an all or nothing kind of deal. Like you have low self-esteem about every part of your life, but no, you can actually have low self-esteem about relationships versus a job, right? Right, exactly. And I think that people, we look at people that are extremely successful and think they have a tremendous self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And that's not true because that was one of the things I want to talk about right off the bat. There is a big difference between confidence and your self-esteem. They are not the same thing. And they can actually work against each other to sabotage our success. And I think that is one of the most common things that we do. Because mm-hmm. I like definitions. Let's look at the definition <laughs> of self-esteem is how you feel about yourself and how you judge your worth. So self-esteem is a direct link to our choices as it is really as it determines what you consider yourself capable of and what you're worthy of doing and what you're worthy of receiving. Where confidence, on the other hand, is the quality of being certain of your own abilities. You can believe that you can do it, and you can have the confidence to do it, and you can go out and be a superstar, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But then when you get there, you don't feel worthy of it. So then you're guilty, or you sabotage yourself, or you put it down of, oh, well, it's not that big of an accomplishment, even though it's huge. You can have the confidence to be extremely successful, but once you get that success, then you don't feel worthy of it. Really? Okay. And I think that um, it's important for people to understand that they, again, they can have the confidence and the abilities to do something, but may have the low self-esteem and no self-worth to actually appreciate it. I mean, that's Um, fascinating. I mean... I and I got to tell you, I probably feel that way sometimes. I'm sure you have too, and it, but not really being able to put a finger on it, right? Oh well, anybody that knows me knows that the reason why I have a doctor degree is because I had had and in some ways still have such low self esteem where it comes to education. I didn't have a really good education growing up, and so I always felt like I was stupid. And so the more I went, the more I went, the more I got better, and mm. you know, I still don't spell well. So Mm -hmm. there are plenty of days, even though my wall's plastered with paper, I still feel unworthy 
of that because you don't ever necessarily get rid of it. You just really try to manage it. Cope with it. Or, yeah, and yeah, you can okay. get better. But you don't want to sabotage yourself. You know, I think that we see some very successful people that had low self-esteem with very high confidence. Um, and we're not talking about people that have any kind of mental or psychological or uh, emotional disorders, yeah. you know. But, you know, look at the movie stars. Oh, You know, and all those good, things yeah. that they have tremendous success and then they do everything they can to sabotage it. Right, yes. Right, you know, they get uh, seriously addicted to drugs. Mm. All different manners of which you can do that. Suicide, because they don't feel worthy. But that's a great, you know, comparison. Because how many times have you heard, well, I have to, I had to get drunk or I had to get high to get up on stage or I had to do this just so that that way they could boost their self-esteem enough to actually Because they didn't feel worthy. Right. They had the confidence that they could do it, but they didn't have the self-esteem to know that they were worthy of it. There's all kinds of different ways, but I think we need to understand that there's a difference between those areas in your life that some you may have a higher self-esteem and some you may have others Mm -hmm. and that the confidence to do it and that you can believe that you're good doesn't necessarily mean you have the self-confidence that you're worthy of that goodness. So I think that that's really important for people to kind of wrap their head around that. I do. I think And that you can have different self-esteem in different areas of your life. Yes. And that's okay. And that's natural. And everybody has that. Even that person that looks like they have everything and they are super great at everything and they just well, come from in our point of view right exactly <laughs> that you know they're selling a good story because everybody struggles with this but some people really struggle with this more than others especially we you know we talked about those different personality types in a couple of shows ago mm-hmm. that you know some personality types i think struggle with lower self-esteem than others i think that's one reason why they have the personality type that they do is because they have a low self-esteem so they are more passive and right. then that just kind of you know, fixate. I think some people are tanks because they have low self-esteem. And so they come at it with a completely polar opposite of your passive people. They come at you barreling barreling down the road, (laughs) but you know, that's really a byproduct of their low self-esteem. So I think that people are all over the board on this. Again, it's just really understanding yourself. That's all we're going to talk about today is kind of understanding where you are in this process, what things you have low self-esteem, why you have that low self-esteem, and how you can really build that up and get it better and manage it. Well, and I think it's very important that people kind of understand what to look for. And this is some of the things that you've come up with. So how can we judge our own self-esteem? Well, do you feel competent to cope, right? How confident do you feel that you can direct your own life? Now, Mm. this is a difference between, again, Eastern and Western. We're talking this from a Western perspective, an American perspective, that life happens through us. So how confident are you that you are actually worthy of being able to cope with these things, that you have direct impact on your life? And I think it's very important for people to actually kind of sit down and think about that one. Right, because again, in different areas of your life, you may feel that you can't, uh, you're not competent to cope at home but you're really at work Mm -hmm. and so those are just areas that you can look at things differently do you believe that you can handle what needs to be handled in life Mm. i a lot of some people don't right they think that life is overwhelming and they don't have the tools that they need to handle whatever it is whether their personal life their professional life um what wherever whatever in their life they don't feel that they can handle because this is for people that you know, they always say, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all, or things like that, because things happen to them, not yeah. because of them, right? You know, are you a victim? 
You know, mm-hmm. or can you handle your yeah. own problems? I guess that's another way to say it. Um, again, how much control do you have on, on, over your own life? And I do. And it, this is a really good theme that we got going on here because this is about you. How much control of your own life do you have? You know, how much yeah. of it do you give away, I guess? And right? do you trust yourself and believe that you can handle the situations effectively and efficiently that could possibly put in your path? Mm-hmm. Again, low self-esteem is going to reflect that you don't necessarily believe that you can effectively and efficiently handle things that come out of left right, field. Right, anything that comes out of left yeah. field, right. How much self-respect do you have? That's a big one. I, I know a lot of people don't have very much self-respect, and then that's a dog chasing their tail, <laughs> right? They don't have self-respect because of these things that we're talking about, and then they beat themselves up about it, and then they're a failure, and so now their self-esteem gets even lower, right? But how much self-respect do you have as a friend, a coworker, a spouse, where do you fall in those areas that you feel you're good enough? I well, and I would think happiness would have something to do with. Well, do you just right? feel you deserve to be happy? Oh yeah. I and think some people with really, really low self-esteem when it comes to their personal lives, they don't feel that they're worthy of being happy. Again, we just talked about the whole dog chasing their tail—that they're right. not a good friend, they're not a good spouse, they're not a good person. They can't do this that somebody else can do, or whatever. They don't have that. Uh, control over their life and so they don't deserve to be happy they don't deserve to be treated well they don't deserve to be loved and you know you can't be happy when you feel like you have no control of your life that's right and then what we do is we then surround ourselves with people that reinforce that that's Just what we like do that. yeah <laughs> and then we feel you know again we don't feel um that we're worthy we don't feel any of those things and then it all you know spirals, spirals. from there yeah no, I think it's really good for people to understand that, you know, the first thing out of the bag is how much control of your life do you feel that you actually have? And then if you do feel like that you don't have a lot of control, that's going to feed into your happiness, being treated well, being loved. I mean, certainly makes exactly. sense. Yeah. And it can all relate back to self-esteem level in those buckets, if you will, wherever mm-hmm. that area is that you're low or you don't feel control, you don't feel because you don't have a, you have a lower self-esteem in that area and then you sabotage yourself. And again, you can be extremely successful, you know, but it's interesting that some of the research that I found is that a lack of confidence or low self-esteem, that it's not inherited, that it's a learned behavior. Okay. And one of the ways that they came to this, there's a lot of research on uh, specifically two different demographics on this, people that were adopted and middle children that historically were believed to have really low self-esteem because of their circumstance. Really? Adoptive kids, uh, it is possible, and and many do have low self-esteem because of their adopted status, because they potentially look different than their other family members. Mm -hmm. They feel neglected or rejected by birth parents. Yeah. But it's interesting that research suggested that how they were treated day-to-day by their adopted parents had far more to do with their self-esteem level as an adult than any of those negatives. So even though they potentially have low self-esteem when it comes to the areas I just listed, as an adult, they don't necessarily have that low self-esteem because they have adapted and their day-to-day interactions with their adoptive parents, adoptive families, or circumstances around that, that they have managed that. The same is with middle children. According to Stanford University that did a massive study on this, middle children often feel neglected and that that's actually true. They're less bold, they're less talkative than other birth orders. Uh, and most all have lower self-esteem because of the lack of uniqueness and attention that they get at home. 
because again, they're the middle one. So they're not the, you know, not the oldest one that's getting the attention for right. that. And they're not the baby <laughs> that's getting attention for that. Again, when it comes, same as with adopted kids' day-to-day interaction, it's fascinating what they found with middle children is that this can actually be a, a good thing that you have, kind of have low self-esteem because middle children, you're more independent. You think outside the box. You feel less pressure to conform. They're excellent team players. They're more patient and willing to compromise. They're usually very savvy and skillful manipulators, so this could be a good thing or a bad thing. They are more likely to affect change than any other birth order. Found that fascinating. 85% of middle kids were open to new ideas. They seek justice and tend to side with the underdog. And they practice what they preach. And I think one of the most fascinating things is that 52% of our American presidents have all been middle children. And if you look at the three wealthiest people in the world, so your Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and I don't remember the guy's name in Mexico... Um, they're all three middle children. Really? So generally middle children can be the most successful because they take this low self-esteem and they make the best of it and they thrive on it. The same as adopted kids that have low self-esteem. So they start out with low self-esteem. They've learned to adapt, utilize it to their advantage. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Again, not all. Because again, we're talking about self-esteem that are you worthy? So these generally adopted or middle kids can have great confidence. The problem is, is they can be extremely successful, but do they feel worthy? So, so then, then we get into how worthy are they, but these, these groups are very successful by using their self-esteem to boost them in a, in a good direction. So I think that's interesting where I I would have thought that completely the opposite before I found all the research on both of these groups. Well, I got to tell you, a lot of it makes sense, especially with the middle kids, because when you say skillful manipulators, well, yeah, that totally makes sense because the first child gets whatever they want. The last child gets whatever they want. This person's like the negotiator in between them. So, yeah, no, that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, So on the the bad side of that, low self-esteem in children tend to relate to poor academic performance, teen pregnancy, dropping out of school, and early sexual activity. Those all Early related. sexual now, activity, really. Yeah. Now, that wasn't related to birth order. That's just in general. Children who have really low self-esteem generally are very high on those four areas. I guess that would totally make sense because I got to tell you, when you see kids with low self-esteem, all those things make sense to me. Well, and people in general with low self-esteem, again, one of the traits, you tend to choose the negative over the positive. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of similar characteristics. So let's talk about that of... Just people in general have low self-esteem. They're generally very indecisive. Okay. They let other people make their decisions for them. Uh, It's hard for them to enjoy life when you feel like you don't have choices. Again, it's really hard to be happy when you feel like your life is out of control. (laughs) Uh, They're generally immediately defensive if they're challenged or criticized. So they do not, people with low self-esteem do not take criticism well. And they lack consistency in their performance which I found that interesting. So again, I think that's a self-sabotaging behavior that you can lack consistency and in work, whether it be work or home or wherever you're, you can be inconsistent in your performance. So that totally makes sense. I mean, if you're one of these people that have a lack of self-esteem, I mean, it would, you're going to fall into all these things. I mean, well, again, anybody who's listening and we could give examples ourselves if we wanted to of areas that we know we have low self-esteem. Yes. 
Right. I do these things. I'm sure you do these things. No, um, no, 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 no. Okay. I, <laughs> You're practically perfect, <laughs> Mr. Mary Poppins over there. I mean, it's really hard for me to relate to all this. I mean, Especially the defensive, uh, <laughs> defensive and criticized piece, right? Yeah, exactly. Go back and listen to our criticism as communication show, and you hear all about that. That's right. Well, the second one is trouble being alone and trouble being together. Hmm. So they tend to want to find other people to validate their feelings of being less than. We talked mm-hmm. about that, the people that you surround yourself with, because you're going to be more comfortable. If you have really self, low self-esteem in an area, you're probably not going to be comfortable with people telling you how great you are all the time because you're gonna, that's going to make you really uncomfortable because you're not going to believe it, right? right? How soon is it till they figure out how bad I am? <laughs> that kind of thing. Part of that imposter syndrome. <laughs> exactly. These individuals in these areas tend to be jealous of other people that are have higher self-esteem. I think that makes sense. They worry about people judging them, and they struggle with taking compliments, and I got to tell you that again, we're talking about everyday people. Everybody has felt this. I mean, when you start a new We've job, we've all felt this today. Yeah. Exactly. Today, yes. We all have areas of low <clears throat> self-esteem. Exactly. I mean, how many times have, when you started a new job and you're thinking, how long is it going to take them to figure out I don't know what I'm doing, or how long are they, they're right. going to come at me and I'm not going to know the answer, things like that. So now, let me ask you this real quick: Could you have low self-esteem just for a moment? Until you've built up the confidence. Oh, I think definitely. Again, a lot of self-esteem comes from what other people have put on you, right? So what Mm. you believe to be true, that's a lot of, especially in children, you know, we're going to talk about that in a minute of how their self-esteem is actually beat down as, as children. We take that with us into adulthood. But yeah, I think, I think you could definitely have low self-esteem until it kind of catches up. How worthy are you? And I think that's what we're talking about today. We can, you can get better at these things because right. the truth is we are abundant. The truth is we are worthy. The truth is, is like Othello Bach says, I am, right? You are worthy of all goodness. That is the truth. Mm-hmm. But when we start adding the buts, the ands, the maybes, and the shoulds, and the what ifs, and I should haves, then we start beating that self-esteem down that, well, I, I am worthy, but... Because I did this, then maybe I'm just a little less worthy. And because I did that, maybe I'm just a little less worthy. Because somebody said I did this or that, then I'm even less worthy. And then we just deteriorate our self-esteem in those areas. But that can be true on the other way, too. People who can show you that you are worthy, you are good, you are accepted, you are loved. In relationships, if you constantly pick the wrong person that beats you up or or in our, you know, we talk about gaslighting mm-hmm. in our difficult people show. If those are the people that you've been surrounding yourself with and you you start surrounding yourself with different people who don't do that, your self-esteem is going to get better because it's well, yeah, going to be reinforced what, over time. Right. And just reinforcement, perfection is in the practice. We have low self-esteem most of the time because we have perfected areas of low self-esteem. We have perfected not feeling worthy in whatever that area is, whether that be because of how we were treated or what we saw or mistakes we've made or the, what we, you know, the number three is a fear of failure Absolutely. because we focus on those failures. We refuse to try to believe that because we always are going to fail and then we fail, right? We expect failure. We self-sabotage ourselves. We make setbacks very personal. Mm -hmm. So then that reinforces that we're not good enough in whatever this area of your low self-esteem is. And then we perfection is in the practice. We perfect it. And then we're perfectly terrible at everything. And then we're perfectly great at feeling terrible at everything. (laughs) And then we chase our tail and we may have the confidence, again, to succeed through it, but we don't feel worthy of it because of our low self-confidence. 
Well, I got to tell you, I think number three, fear to fail, is absolutely one of the biggest challenges most people have to get through for their self-esteem. Because how many times have you come across people, I've been a victim of this, you've been a victim of this, that you don't even try to do it because you just think you're going to fail at it anyways. We've all been there. Yeah. You we've know? all been there. And we've all then done it and failed and quit. Yes. You know, I mean, we haven't, again, the phrase, you've never went further than you are right now, so mm-hmm. you don't know how far you can actually go because we just wallow in it. And, right. and we all have done it. And the point is, is that it comes from a consistent repetition and perfecting that you are not worthy. And... That's what we're talking about. If you have that fear or if you have, you know, trouble being with other people and not being with other people and all these things, it's trying to start to recognize those things. And I bet you one of the biggest things that most people expect is to be treated badly. Well, why wouldn't you? Right. Right. You think of yourself badly. You're going to be uncomfortable if something doesn't match up with that in your environment so Mm -hmm. you're going to surround yourself with people that treat you badly in the areas that you feel bad yep it's not helpful but we tend to do that absolutely 100 percent of the time i mean if i'm if i'm feeling badly i i want other people to feel badly along with me so (laughs) i'm going to try to get them to that that That, uh that level with me (laughs) well we do it right look back in your life and see areas that you've done that If, if you've have worked through a lot of these problems uh, and I know a lot of people have. You spend <laughs> fortunes on therapy to work through some of these mm-hmm. issues. You can look back and see where you've done it in the past. And I'm sure you can look at right now where you currently do it. I know I can. I could do my whole list right now of where I do this. Yep. And it's not helpful. Well, and another one that I bet you a lot of people go through is they have a hard time forgiving themselves, right? I, I think mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, I you, you feel like you do that fair, real. You feel like you should have. You yep. feel like, what if I had, or I should have always done this, or I should have never done that. Or my favorite one is driving down the road and thinking about something that happened when you were 18 years old. And then, nice. then you have that sudden sense of embarrassment of something that happened however many years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah, we need to ask the therapist why we do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but I but that's, I think that falls into not forgiving yourself for it. You right. know, so, yeah. I think another another one of the traits um, of areas in your life that you have low self-esteem is, is areas that you can't say no. Yeah, you know, at least, I agree with that. Right, it leads to frustration and, and it leads to failures because, again, you're going to have low motivation in the areas that you have low self-esteem and you're going to tend to not complete tasks mm-hmm. if you have a low self-esteem in that. Again, your performance is not going to be very good, generally in areas that you have low self-esteem. And you know, and we always have to remember that if we can't say no, then we can't say yes. And yes are the areas that we're going to build and get better. Uh, it's not in the areas of the no's, but we have to be able to say the no's to say the yeses. That's a very good point. Another quality, and um, people I think that are really extreme in this, they always tend to say they're sorry. I'm sorry, Christy. <laughs> they pretend to, or they pretend to be happy all the time, and they need everybody to be happy around them. Sure, those are traits uh, traits as well. They seek reassurance. Um, they constantly worry and need to be reassured a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we all know those people. I, I can't say I've not been. I one can of those say people. And in some of my areas, I do have that I have low self esteem. I do probably need far more reassurance. And right. people are like, oh my god, really? You know, how well, can how, you think you're not good at that? And I'm like, you know, how many times do we have to tell you? <laughs> well, apparently one 
one more because I was going to say you guys had to do you had to do that a lot for me just recently. So <laughs> um, again, because they don't believe their own worth. Uh, in their opinion, so they need to hear it from others, which is a good thing, though. Yes. Get feedback from other people. It is a way that you can build your self-esteem <clears throat> by getting feedback from other people, trusting those people in your life. Again, that's how you perfect in the practice of gaining self-esteem rather than losing it by getting feedback from others and saying, okay, yeah, I was good at that. Okay, yeah, I did do that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not a failure. All those things, getting perspective from other people. Well, I think that if you have those people that you are surrounding yourself with that go, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably not going to be able to do it. That's when <laughs> yeah, you need to start reevaluating. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um, another one is that uh, they think everything is based on luck. Uh, when they get this reassurance or the compliments, <laughs> it's because of luck or some other force that they're really not worthy. So I, I, I hadn't really thought about this and I was watching some videos and I thought, oh, that's right. I know, I know some people that, all, yeah. you know, those, I think there are a lot of those, I'm sorry people, mm-hmm. um, that then they come back. Well, no, it was just somebody else really did it. Or it was just, you know, I got lucky. Pure dumb luck. Right. Pure <laughs> dumb luck. Exactly. That's what you want to hear from your surgeon folks when he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you definitely want a surgeon that has very high confidence <laughs> and has pretty good self-esteem in their Ability to do surgery. Right. right? Um, one of the other things is they buy things to impress others. You're saying that Mercedes I just got was more about... No. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It was more about uh, your low self-esteem. It's interesting. Two types of people. The people who climb the mountain to see the world and those people who climb the mountain so that everybody else can see them. Mm. So if you think about that, that mm. might give you a little different perspective because... You know, I, I told this to somebody the other day. I used that little phrase, and I'll repeat it. There are two types of people, those that climb a mountain to see the world and those that climb the mountain so that everybody can see them. And I had somebody ask me, well, what difference does it make? You're still climbing the mountain? Mm, okay, I a think good point. But what matters is it really dictates how you feel when you reach the top, right? If you do it just to impress others, you are never going to have that fulfillment once you get there. No. Because there's always another mountain. There's always somebody else to impress. And you're you know, chasing somebody. Right. Because it could be that pretty wife, that new job, that perfect job, that new car. Yep. Whatever it is that you're climbing to oppress others is never going to fulfill you because you're seeking something outside of yourself versus something inside of yourself. So if you can think of it that way of climbing a mountain, are you doing it to impress others or are you doing it to see the world and see yourself better? And I think people need to think about that, really. I mean, ponder on that one a little (laughs) bit, because I bet you, if you were going to be completely honest with you, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's another, but... Oh, I know for sure for me, sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other, but I need to understand that when it's to impress other people... I need to back up off that. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) if it impresses them, that's great, but if it doesn't, then you're adding to your low self-esteem in that area, because now that didn't work. So and now you, you got to do something bigger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that that's never going to work in your favor. Right. And do they, it, I'm assuming that uh, people with low self-esteem, they exhibit some kind of bad habits or, you know, because I mean, it would make sense that you would have something that you're just constantly habitually doing. Well, research indicates that, that you are going to have bad habits in those areas that you have low, low self-esteem. Now, to the extremes, you could be OCD, you can be, a, you know, somebody who... You know, does self mutilation. You know, mm, I mean, those mm-hmm. are really extremes on there. Uh, addictions of all sorts are generally right. really common when it comes to areas that you have low self esteem. But as simple as you, you can be a really good giver, but you're a terrible receiver. 
You know, people mm-hmm. who don't take compliments, people who can't take gifts, people who can't take anything on receiving, um, those are going to be real target, real, real eye-opening things, too, um, of having a bad habit and not being a good receiver. You know, when we talked about in other shows that it, I wasn't a very good receiver, you weren't a very good receiver, you know. Yeah, it, it's like, well, the resistance to receiving show. Exactly. We did a whole show on that. And, of, and uh, that part of that is low self-esteem. You don't feel, again, you don't feel worthy of a gift from someone that somebody has went out and bought you something or somebody is trying to take care of you or somebody is trying to be nice to you or whatever. If you Again, if you have low self-esteem, you don't feel worthy, you're not going to be able to receive that one of the greatest gifts that you can give people is being a gracious receiver. Right. So if your low self-esteem is standing in the way of you being a gracious receiver, uh, you're really hurting other people more than you're hurting yourself too. Um, But that's, that's a tough one, but those are definitely some of the areas that you can have some really bad habits in extreme all the way down to basically just, you're not a good receiver. (laughs) Um, You have a hard time identifying those six people that we talk about all the time and you end up, generally trusting the wrong people and those people that are going to hurt you in the end. Remember, folks, if they go, yeah, you probably won't make it, those are not the good six people in your right, life. <laughs> exactly. And uh, one of the one of the other ones is that uh, people with low self-esteem tend to sleep a lot. And they're not necessarily <laughs> active participants in life in general if you have an excessive amount of low self-esteem. Yes. Well, because think about it. if you When you're not involved in your life... You must be bored, so you have nothing else to do but sleep. <laughs> you know or I mean? you, do, yeah, or you don't feel worthy of yeah. anything else other than so, sleeping. So, yeah, it totally makes sense that you you would sleep a lot. Now that we've recognized some of the things that low self esteem looks like, now let's start talking about how do we start gaining self esteem. Well, I think the first thing is you need to take time to get to know yourself. Absolutely, you know, because you need to know where these things are that you can identify. Right? You need to take a break from your life. Uh, you need to get feedback from other people. Again, the people that care about you and find, feel that you have some kind of self-worth. One, we've talked about several shows on this, is you can use symbolism in your environment. Kind of help to redirect right. that negative thinking by using you know, pictures or, or symbols of any type. We talked about several, and the blue butterfly and the, the phoenix and right. different things. Figuring out what we think affects what we feel. Right? What are those triggers that make you feel bad? Those are generally going to be mm-hmm. good areas that you can see where you have low self-esteem. Kind of start taking those triggers out of your environment. Could be people. And right? oftentimes <laughs> it might probably is. <laughs> um, you know, meditation, running, going for walks, getting out in nature. Those are all things that are going to help boost that. And I totally recommend the getting out in nature. I mean, you live right next to a park that is just absolutely beautiful. You can walk 15 minutes and feel like you got a massage, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. definitely. Uh, asking yourself questions when it comes to this, you know, not, not beating yourself up, but just actually trying to get a good perspective on that by asking yourself questions, get professional help if you need it. That's always a big one. It really helped me and don't isolate yourself, but reach out to others for help. Good point. So, and specifically for children, uh, cause again, a lot of this comes from, um, our youth, right. And how we were, how we established that our self-esteem in different areas as children. Parents need to get along with each other. That was the number one thing I found. Um, and not have major conflict at home. Totally makes sense. Yeah. You need to celebrate your children's achievements. Now, that doesn't mean everybody on the team gets a trophy. <laughs> it means celebrating your kids' honest achievements. You know, eating dinner the table together mm-hmm. um, or talking before bedtime, those were two big ones. 
that I think used to be and aren't as popular anymore. And this was interesting to give your kids chores and, and, and things to do that give them responsibility. And I thought about that and, you know, it came back to kids generally will feel part of the family, part of the home, their job that they do, whether it be take out the garbage or wash the dishes or whatever, that they actually do a little bit towards the family. And so they feel more confident in the family because they have a job in the family, not just for five bucks, but for actually being part of the whole system of the family. So chores are more important than just giving Johnny something to do. He actually feels part of the family. So they're a good thing. Absolutely. It actually teaches good skills for when they go to school and for being a good employee. And uh, again, they can earn extra money to buy their own extra stuff. So then they feel like they're participating in their own life rather than mom and dad buying everything or doing everything. They actually had to, the whole concept of having to work for it. Well, but that get, builds self-esteem. Sure. And my mom always, it, it, her whole thing was to rise to the level of expectations. If you give them a task, let them complete the task. Exactly. So, so they And support their ideas. Let them know that their ideas are valuable. I don't know how many people I have actually heard them tell their kids that they're stupid. I've heard them tell their kids that they are not worthy. I've heard them tell their kids that they're uh, not good enough. Well, if your parents, when you're a kid, you don't think you're good enough, then you're going to take that with you for the rest of your life. And that's going to be really hard to overcome. One of the biggest things, too, was to keep your word as a parent, to keep your word. Because that's just kind of a contract that you have with your kids, right? You think that you don't have to because I'm the parent, what I say goes. And that's true because the choice do they have. But that really erodes their self-esteem. When you keep your word with your kids, it creates a safe place that they have, they're stable and there's, there's a safety in that and that life is cause and effect and that they can trust that when people tell them something that they're going to stick to their word. And that starts with you as a parent. I agree. Another thing is, you know, pay attention to what they're good at and encourage them to keep doing it. Because, <laughs> you know, how many adults say, I have no idea what I'm not, what I'm good at. Well, you were good at things as a kid and odds are your parents didn't encourage that maybe they didn't you like to draw and they didn't they thought it was a waste of time or whatever it is you like to do and they kind of unintentionally a lot of times didn't support you and what you were good at and then you kind of lose that and as an adult you don't realize what you're good at anymore sure and I mean I think being involved in your child's life makes all the difference in the world I know sometimes it's hard and sometimes I gotta tell you I see parents dialing it in because they just have to, you know, I mean, they've, they've been at a job for 60 hours a week and so forth and so on. But as much as you can, I think being involved, an active participant in your child's life. will Paying attention to them. Yes, paying attention to them. And then back to just in general as an adult, um, you need to care for your body. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a big one. Sure could use Uh, some help there. You know, eat right, get some exercise, get a good night's sleep. Those are all things that are going to really help in this. And I think, you know, if we've not drilled this home, pay attention to who you're spending your time with. Pay attention to what you're thinking, right? Mm -hmm. The whole law of attraction, kind of replacing those negative thoughts and negative people with positive thoughts and positive people. One, I think one of the things that you really need to do, at least in my opinion, is set clear, specific, and measurable goals. Yeah, a lot of people fail to do that. We all fail to do that, I guess. Oh, sure. And especially, but I think that if you set goals on the things that you really want to do, I think you'll be better off to achieve them than if you just go, well, you know, one day I'll do that. Well, (laughs) I think definitely, there's no question. They have to be clear, specific, and measurable. How do you know when you're going to get there? How do you know when you've accomplished it? Um, and if you don't know, uh, make it smaller. 
and then it's too big. One of the things I found interesting was using music. And this is kind of what we talked about earlier of if you feel unworthy, some grandiose gesture that's big is going to be uncomfortable. One of the things that I, I read about was when you use music, that if somebody is really depressed and really down, don't give them a playlist of all upbeat stuff. Start on the playlist of a song where they are. If they're angry, get, put them, give them an angry song, something that they can relate to. Hmm. And something that they can feel comfortable with. Yes, that's how I feel that way. I hate them. I It's terrible or whatever. Really? Find some music that equals that out and then take it up a notch to make it a little bit better. And then another notch and maybe make them a playlist. I think it was tw- 10 songs on a playlist that you could give people. But start it out where they are. Huh. Even if that seems really, really negative. Because then they get a little boost and then they can listen to the next one and it, they will rise to the occasion versus they will completely dismiss it if it's all happy. You know, if you're going through a divorce and it's all I'm in love stuff, uh, they're not. They're going to be angry, even more angry. But give them a song, totally you know, a good, West, a good country song about divorce and how, how terrible they are, that that actually works. And to create playlists for people of 10 songs that start where they are. I got to say, it sounds counterintuitive, but it totally makes sense because I'm telling you, if I'm down, I don't want to listen to something that's upbeat and, you know, definitely... Yeah, I just found I found that absolutely fascinating because I love playlists. So <laughs> that was that was really neat. And I think you know one thing that we've drilled in the shows. I think of all of this, if you practice gratitude, absolutely, you are going to see what areas that you're grateful for, the see the good, the positive in your life, and you're going to see the good over the negative. And if you have to force yourself to see those things in gratitude, if you are so low in this totem pole of self esteem, that is the probably one of the best ways and you can use that with music you can use that with influence from other people you can use Um, that on a walk exactly you know exactly be in a place of gratitude it it will change your life i promise you yeah exactly well christy do you have any final thoughts for us today well who and what we do today is based on the historical memory of what we've done or was done to us in the past you know, especially events in our childhood because of our inability to exit the situation that we can as an adult. We tend to take one bad experience and start to expect that that situation is going to happen again and again and again with different people. Uh, I read some research that stated the character traits that we learned as children relating to one or two acts of others become our habitual templates for interpreting anyone in our adulthood. So how we, what happened to us as a child for one or two events can really affect how we see things as an adult. And that comes back to why we surround ourselves with people that reinforce what we believe about ourselves. At the core, not as our representative. So if we feel really bad about ourselves, we're going to tend to replace those people in our life with people that reinforce that we're bad. Remember that our representative can be very successful and have a ton of confidence, but our poor self with such low self-esteem and feels unworthy that we continually feel like a failure or sabotage the good things in our life, especially in successes and relationships. Knowing that 76% of our self-talk is negative, we talk about that all the time, and that the brain naturally sees the negative before the positive called the negative impact, and we can see why we can hold on to this negative stuff and keep replaying it over and over throughout our entire life, reinforcing our low self-esteem. And this only reinforces the low self-esteem through the law of attraction, of which, again, we talk about that what you focus on increases. So what you say to yourself, you replay. And replaying and replaying becomes your reality. 
And when we create scenarios to make all of these things negative, we surround ourselves with those that reinforce that negative. Then we reinforce this low self-esteem that's a dog chasing their tail. We really have to pay attention to what we're telling ourselves. I think, is the number one thing. And again, sticking to the gratitude is really, really important. Two things to remember in life. Take care of your thoughts when you're alone and take care of your words when you're with other people. You know, we believe that living a life on purpose requiring us to be our best self. And we first have to believe that our best self is worth having everything that we want and everything that we've worked for. And it's really easy to see that is to take a look at where you spend your time, the things that you value, things where you spend your money, and who do you surround yourself with. So if you want to know where areas of your self-esteem are lacking, look at those things. Where do you spend your time, your talent, your treasure? You're going to find it. Scott Pick said, until you value yourself, you won't value your time. Until you value your time, you will not do anything with it. And to live a life on purpose, we have to value ourselves and find meaning, meaningful things to do with our time. So where do you spend your time and who do you spend your time with? And remember, how you do anything is how you do everything. Well, we're about out of time for this show. And remember, Othello's show's right after ours. So check it out. It's a great listen. It's about 10, 12 minutes. So stick around for that. Hey, if you're on Facebook, give us a like. Go to our page, like us. If you're on Facebook right now, go do it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you've listened to all of our shows, I need you to go back and listen to some more. But if you haven't been able to listen to all of our shows, just click the podcast on the drop down and choose any show you haven't listened to or listen to the one that you love the most. And we've got over 120 of them. That's right. So until next week, live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.